men. Thank you, ladies. We stand forgiven at the cross. Beautifully sung. Let's open God's word together this evening, if you would please, and turn with me to the New Testament book of Romans, Romans chapter 5. And just briefly tonight, I want to continue really where we left off this morning, considering what it is to live by faith and three simple thoughts. There's so much we could spend years considering living by faith, but I want to share with you three thoughts from the scripture about what it looks like to live by faith. Romans chapter 5, let's begin reading in verse number 1. We'll read down to verse 5. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Let's pray together just briefly and ask him to help us as we look at his word. Father, this is not our word, but thine. And if we are to understand it, if it is to find a resting place in our heart, then we need thy help. Lord, may this sermon, this message be more than just words. But may, may it be words from heaven sent through thy messenger to thy children to bring comfort to heart and soul and also to awaken those who are still dead in trespasses and sins. Use this for thy glory. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Just very quickly this evening, three things when considering living by faith. We even last week considered what it is to be justified by faith. And our first verse tonight says, therefore being justified by faith. If you ever hope to be right with God, It'll be through no other way than faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Tonight, right where you sit, if you are not yet right with God, there is only one hope. That is that you will look by faith to Jesus Christ and believe in what he has already done for your soul. It's not about what you can do to prove that you are different to prove that you are good, it is about what he has already done. And by faith, we look to Jesus Christ, the righteous one, acknowledging our un unrighteousness and our need of his righteousness. And by faith, we see that he bled for us, died for us, buried and rose again for us, and giving offering unto us, even tonight, the forgiveness of sins. His righteousness. And therefore, we are justified by faith, made right with God because of what Christ has done, because we believe that what Christ has done was for us. And that gives us peace with God. Do you have peace with him tonight? But it doesn't stop there. I love this. 
Salvation does not stop with simply believing that Christ died for you, was buried and rose again for you. It doesn't stop there. It only begins. And our faith doesn't stop there. Faith is not a one-time glance to Jesus Christ the righteous. Faith is the beginning of a continual looking. We looked at that, considered that this morning. And we find in verse number two, what it looks like to live by faith. By whom also, speaking of Christ Jesus, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. By faith, we have access. We're not just justified and made right with God because of faith. But we also have been given the key. We've been given the passcode. We've been given access into grace whereby, wherein we are able to stand. Access is a wonderful word, a wonderful thought, and a wonderful privilege. And as children of God, those who have looked to Christ and have been justified by faith in what he has done, we have been given access into more grace. It's amazing. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith. And some people imagine that God only gave us just enough grace to get in, but he didn't. He gave us all the grace you could ever need and more. Do you remember what it says in Romans where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. And so when we read that we have access by faith, we have access into grace, what we, what we begin to see is what it means to live by faith. It means we have free admission. I like that. Don't you like when you read those signs that say free admission? You can enter in free of charge. And that's what it is to have access into grace. Faith enables us to enter into grace and to stand in grace. I didn't deserve it, but by faith, I'm going to step into the favor and kindness of Almighty God. And I'm going to stand and stay in that favor. That's what it means to have access into grace. It's not that God dealt us some measly portion of grace that just barely got us over the line and into salvation. He's actually opened up the storehouse of grace and said, come on in and stand inside. That's what you have. Access. In fact, that word stand is the same word that means to be established. We've been thinking about that, haven't we, recently? Being established. Being firmly rooted in grace. Now, what does it mean to live by faith? It means that you have not just received enough grace to enter into salvation, but it means you've received by faith access into God's storeroom of grace and you have entered in. You have entered into that grace. And that leads us on to the next simple thought. By faith, we have access and by faith, we stand. Now, what good is it if God says to you, I give you all the grace you need, 
all the favor you need, all the kindness you need. I want to give you the key to it all. I want to give you access to it all. But yet you still stand on the outside and only look in. What good is it if you don't actually enter in? And what good is it? I'm afraid this is what far too many of us do. What good is it if we only dabble into grace when we need it? What good is it if we only visit the storeroom of grace occasionally when we could actually stand there, stay there, abide there, never leave there? And that's our second thought. It says in the same passage, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. And Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let me read for you what he says in 2 Corinthians 1 in verse number 24. Not for that we have dominion over your faith, but are helpers of your joy, for by faith ye stand. Again in Romans chapter 11, he writes to the church at Rome in verse number 20, and he says this very similarly, well, because of unbelief, they, speaking of the nation of Israel, were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. Now, the context of Romans chapter 11 is this. God broke off Israel and grafted the Gentiles in by faith. So here's what the picture is. By faith, we stand, we remain grafted in. By faith, we abide. Do you remember what Jesus said? I am the vine. Ye are the branches. Abide in me. So when we understand and hear that God says, by faith we stand, what we understand is that by faith we abide in this grace. We live in Christ. And far too many of us who call ourselves Christians don't abide in that grace. We wait until we hit rock bottom and then we say, oh, I need grace. And God says, you have it. You have it all. I've given it all to you. I've opened wide the storehouses of heaven and poured out all the blessings you could ever want. You have it. We just don't stand in it. We just don't live in it. By faith, we stand. By faith, we are established and rooted in Christ. By faith, we remain grafted in. That's what Paul is saying in Romans chapter 11. Don't be high-minded, but fear. Don't, don't think yourself to be proud and arrogant. That's what far too many of us do. We, we think we've got this thing figured out. He says, but rather remain by faith. Stand by faith. Abide by faith into the vine. Turn it to John chapter 15, one of my favorite passages in the book of John. John 15, Jesus gives this famous I am. It's the last of his seven I am statements in the book of John. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, can I just pause for a second? No one likes the purging process. And I will be the first to say, I don't like it. But we need it. Every branch that bears fruit, if we are bearing fruit, and if we are going to continue to bear fruit, we must be purged individually. We must let God prune us, cut off the dead bits, the, bit, the bits that are not pleasing to Him. And it says there, you are clean or you are purged. You are 
pruned through the word which I've spoken unto you. So he says, abide in me. And how do you do that? By faith. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of the of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. And so when we read that by faith we stand, what we understand is by faith we remain, we abide in Christ because if we don't by faith abide, we will not bear fruit. The very life that we need flows from Jesus Christ into our soul, and that is dependent upon our abiding in Him. By faith. By faith. By faith standing. By faith remaining. By faith abiding, living in His presence. Just the same way that a branch cannot bear fruit except it abide in the vine, no more can ye. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Do you know, this is, this is where the secret lies. Without Christ, we can't do anything. If we don't by faith stand, if we don't by faith remain abiding in the grace, the storeroom of God's grace, if we don't stay there, camp out there, then we won't bear fruit. I want to bear as much fruit as is possible. But that means I'm going to have to let God prune and purge and cleanse me. And that takes place as I abide in Christ. As I abide in His grace. Really, that's what, that's what Paul is writing in Romans chapter 5. He says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, rooted, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Prunings and purgings. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience or endurance. The more the Lord prunes and purges and cleanses, the more we grow stronger and stronger. We endure more. And patience and perseverance and endurance that works experience. And experience brings hope. You know the picture. If you go through something, if you experience something, and you endure something, at the end of that trial, at the end of that difficulty, you look back and say, by God's grace, I was brought through. That experience worked endurance in you, and then that experience works hope. And you begin to understand that if God brought me through that, He can bring me through this. And hope maketh not ashamed. It's that same picture. By faith, we stand, we continue in His goodness. That's what we read in Romans chapter 11. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest He spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. On them which fell, severity, but toward thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness. Otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. Continue. And they also, if they abide not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. What a good God. What a good God. And may this challenge us to Stand by faith, in grace, 
in Christ, in His goodness, abiding in His goodness, in His grace. May the Lord help us. What is it that we have access into and stand upon? What's it mean to stand by faith in His grace? What's that mean? Go with me again to that most famous of all New Testament passages, John chapter 3. What does it mean to abide in His grace? John 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth, there's faith, whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He, I love this, he that believeth on him is not condemned. Now look at that again. He that believeth on him is not condemned. By faith we enter into a liberty from condemnation. By faith, we enter into God's grace, and what that does, it, it cuts the cord of condemnation, and we are set free, never to be condemned again. The Bible says, look what it says very plainly, he that believeth on him, it does not say, shall not be condemned, but says, is not. Meaning, right now, if you believe on Jesus Christ right now, you are no longer condemned. Therefore, the Bible says, there is now therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. None. And if I am not condemned now, then I shall never be condemned. Because by faith we stand in grace. The moment, the second a man or a woman or a child puts his trust in Jesus Christ, he is free from all condemnation. Past, present, and future condemnation, he's been set free. That's what it is to stand in grace. You see, if you only taste grace once, if you don't stand in grace, you're going to be tempted to think for a moment that yesterday's grace wasn't good enough for today. But the truth is we have grace upon grace. Abundance of grace. More grace than you could ever need. More grace than you could ever use. By faith we stand here uncondemned, set free by the grace and love of God. From the moment we stand, from that moment, from the moment we believe, we stand in the eyes of Almighty God, we stand as though we were without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. And as though we have never had one. Now that's hard. You say, I, I still sin. But I still sin. So do I. But if we are by faith standing in His grace, our sins are not laid to our account. Yes, but I, uh, I, I, I leave this place and and I can't help the things that come into my mind. And I try very hard. And, and before I even get through the week, I'm sinning again. And oh, I'm so confused. I'm so discouraged. Am I saved or am I not? 
If you are by faith trusting in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation. We've been free. If we're standing in His grace, our sins are not laid to our account because they were all already laid upon Jesus Christ. And Christ has already paid the debt. And if He already paid the debt of your sin, God cannot put your sin on top of you again. By faith, we stand in Christ's stead just like He stood in our stead taking our judgment. By faith, we stand in His righteousness. Now, one last little thought. By faith, we have access. By faith, we stand. By the way, when doubts and fears arise, remind yourself that he that believeth on him is not condemned. When you're tempted, when Satan tempts you to despair, remind him and remind yourself that he that believeth on Jesus Christ is not nor ever shall be condemned. One last thought. By faith we have access. By faith we stand. By faith we overcome. This is one of my favorites. Go to 1 John chapter chapter 5, if you would please. There near, near the end of your Bible. 1 John chapter 5. Verse number 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Let's just stop there for a moment. That sets our context. Do you believe? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ? Do you believe that He's the Messiah, the Savior of the world, and therefore your Savior? If so, we are born of God. And everyone that loveth Him that begat, loveth Him also that is begotten of Him. If we love Almighty God, then we love He who is begotten of Him. Not just His only begotten Son, but every Christian, every child of God who has been born again. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Now that's a bold statement. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You might look at that and say, well, hold on a moment. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and I can't even overcome my own problems. Hold on a moment. This is the victory. This is what gives us victory. This is what gives us victory to overcome the world, even our faith. Faith gives us victory. By faith we overcome. Not because of we who we are and we believe we can do it, because we believe He's already done it. Because we believe in Him who is greater than all our troubles, greater than all our mountains. He's almighty. And by faith in Him and by access into His grace, we remain firmly rooted and grounded and abiding in the love of God, abiding in Christ Jesus, abiding in His overflowing grace. And by that, we overcome. We overcome the temptations of the world. We overcome the accusations of the wicked one. We overcome. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And we do that by faith. 
Because our flesh says, hold on, I'm going to get him back. I'm going to get her back. And we overcome evil with good by faith. What is, what is we, what does Revelation tell us? Revelation 12, verse 11. You remember this passage. A very encouraging verse. Revelation chapter 12, verse number 11. And they, let's look at verse 10. I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now has come salvation, strength, the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Two things, how they overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb, faith in the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony by faith. This is what God has done in me by faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? Back in our little verse in 1 John chapter 5. Look at verse number 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Do you believe that? You can overcome the world. We do overcome the world. And you may not see it, but by faith we believe it. One last little, little verse in context of that. Of this Ephesians 6 we've been we've been looking at it we looked at it for several months but in Ephesians 6 I remind you in this armor of God above all verse 16 taking the shield of what faith why well we take the shield of faith because wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked by faith we overcome the wicked one by faith, every dart, every fiery dart that comes, that proceeds from the mouth of a wicked one is stopped by faith. Only by faith. Not by force. Some people say, I'm going to punch the devil in the mouth. No, you're not. Pick up the shield of faith. I'm going to do, no, no, no. By, not by force. By faith. By faith, we have access do you, have you entered into that grace? Are you standing, living, abiding in that grace? Are you stooping daily to drink from the fountain of overflowing God, of God's grace? Are you abiding in Christ? That's the only way. That's the only way to overcome. The only way to overcome your temptations, to overcome the world and the wicked one is by faith. And so, by access, by faith we enter in. By faith we stand, we abide. By faith we overcome. Overcome. I don't know what you're dealing with this evening, but I do know nothing, nothing, nothing is too hard for God. Nothing. By faith we shall overcome. Do you believe that? Tonight, some of you still are outside, outside of the family of God. You need to enter in because only to him that believeth do we find that freedom from condemnation. In fact, in the same verse it says, he that believeth not is condemned already. And so tonight, if you still remain unbelieving, then you're sitting beneath judgment. So the best thing you can do is lift your eyes unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the crucified one, the risen conquering one, behold him. Look to him. Cast yourself upon him. 
fall at his feet, casting yourself, acknowledging you cannot save yourself, but he and he alone can save you and that he wants to save you. That's one thing I love about our God. He's a God that desires for men to be saved. Do you believe that? Some people have a different idea of God, a different view of God. They believe he's not so willing to save. I believe the problem lies not in God's willingness to save, but rather it lies in man's unwillingness to be saved. So don't blame God. Don't blame him for being unwilling to save you. He's more than willing. In fact, the Bible says, whoever comes to him, he will in no wise cast out. Never, ever search the scriptures from beginning to end. You'll never find one person that came to Jesus Christ by faith who was turned away. Amen. Never once. Come. Simple, childlike faith. Casting yourself upon him and upon his word. Trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believer, let us enter in to that grace, remain, abide in it, and be victorious over all these things. Let's pray together. Father, in heaven, our great God, God of mercy, God of grace, we thank Thee, Lord, and we pray, as Peter once prayed, that grace would be multiplied in our lives, that grace and peace would be multiplied. And we pray, Father, that we might see that Thou hast opened the door for us, granted us, given us access, that we are able and invited to stand in Thy grace. And Father, I pray we would not be content to stand on the outside and look in. Help us, Lord. Help us to enter in, to abide in that grace, to stand in that grace, to Grow our roots deeply in the wonderful, marvelous grace of a loving God. Father, help us to see there is victory. This is the victory whereby we are able even to overcome the world, even our faith. Help us, we pray. We are in need of victory, even tonight. And we ask, Father, that we may no longer look to ourselves not to our ability or our lack thereof. Help us not to look to our goodness or our wickedness. Instead, help us to look to Jesus Christ by faith. We ask these things in Christ Jesus' name.